Nobody expected the arrival of a baby in Bethlehem to shake up their lives. But when that baby is Jesus, plans are rearranged, beliefs are challenged, and ordinary people find their lives upended and forever changed. Staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast hope of others, the armies of the heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There, there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and that the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary 
kept all these things in their heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Y'all have a blessed day. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I got to get a grip. I got to, uh, I got to tell people. That's what I got to do. I got to, I got to go tell people. I got to, I got to share the news. I got to let them know that, uh, <laughs> who's going to listen to me, huh? Who's going to listen to me? I mean, I, it's not like I have any kind of reputation. People don't give me two looks, and I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one to talk about angel sighting and Messiah's coming. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, I just got to, I just got to put my manners on. That's it. I put my manners on. I got to talk right. That's it. And then I got to. I gotta clean up. I can do that. I can clean out under my fingernails. There's no hiding this man. said, uh, good news, good news of great joy for everyone, because the Savior was born today in Bethlehem. He said we'd recognize him by, by a very specific sign. He said that baby would be wrapped in cloths and lying in a, <laughs> and this was the kicker. <laughs> That baby would be lying in a manger. <laughs> a Messiah in a feeding trough. <laughs> oh. I mean, even my family was better off than that. We didn't have two sticks to rub together, but at least I had a, a bed to lay my head in when I was a kid. I've been waiting my whole life for this Messiah. And now it seems he may be more like me than I ever thought possible. <laughs> yeah, I think that angel got it wrong. This ain't good news. This is the best news ever.
Now, if I was God, I might have done things a little differently. I had sent my son to the world to be the Savior. I might have made sure a few more people knew, like send an angel to every king and president on the planet and, and just let them know, hey, God's son is here. But that's not what he did. God does stuff different than we do sometimes, and this is a great example. Instead of famous, important people, God sent his angel to announce the birth of Jesus to shepherds out in the field. And shepherds weren't just not people of prominence. They were the lowest on the social ladder in all of Israel. Shepherds were appreciated because they raised the sheep and people needed the sheep and all the benefit from that. But they smelled like sheep, <laughs> and, and they weren't around very often. So whenever they were around, you were like, oh, what's that smell? Because they spent most of their time out in the hills taking care of these sheep. And so these guys were not respected by their society. They were tolerated because what they did served a purpose. These guys never would have expected that God would send the great announcement of Jesus to them. They, they just, <laughs> they, they would never have expected it. Their response of fear, their dilemma of fear is very understandable. They're in this way, way out of the place in the hills by themselves, taking care of sheep. And suddenly, these angels appear. And there's a little pause, I think, between the appearance and when the angel speaks to them. And, and during that pause, I can just imagine them going, what's the deal, the Oh, my gosh, are, are they going to hurt us? And, and then they think of the troublemaker. You know, every group's got a troublemaker. And they look at him, they say, Zephaniah, what did you do? I mean, can you just imagine what these shepherds may have been thinking? Well, how about you? Have you ever been giving some shocking news, some announcement, or something was sent to you in a text, maybe, and just one sentence, one sentence really startled you? We have. Uh, Dinah and I experienced something like this. And uh, a few, a little while back, we had some family photos taken. And we hired a photographer and we went out to the location and, you know, took the pictures and, and did all the fun stuff. And, well, uh, fast forward a little bit later, the, the photographer contacted us and said, hey, um, it's going to be a little bit before I get your photos to you because my computer crashed. And I'm having to send it off to, and then hopefully, you know, they can get my, all my stuff back. So it was us and probably quite a few other families and things that the pictures all of a sudden, oh no. And so that, that happened. Well, then just a couple days ago, we get a, uh, actually Diana got a text from the photographer and, and I have it for you here. Let's just read it with me. Here we go. So I need to tell you the news. I just got off the phone with Geek Squad, and guess what? Your files along with all my files were... Now, we read that. Can, can you, I, you know, this like, oh my goodness, because it takes a lot of work to make this guy look good, so I had to go through a lot to get ready for those pictures. I'm like, man, you know, I have to, and, oh, I have to do all that again. It's just, you know, messes with things. Well, I, that's minor, really, but I can only imagine how these shepherds felt when all of a sudden they're hit with boom, all of a sudden out of nowhere, this angel pops up and it's just, you know, in my mind, it looks like a ghost. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but <laughs> I, I can only imagine how startled they would have been. So the angels are terrified, right? 
the scary, scary angel appears. And then he gives them an amazing announcement, just blows their mind. God has sent the Messiah. He's born, and I'm telling you where to go find him. So their minds are blown. And then, to top it all off, I can just see the rest of the angels are in heaven, and they're all jealous that this angel got to go announce it, right? And they're just like looking at God, just like, go ahead. And boom, all the angels of heaven are rejoicing in the, in the sky. And so the shepherds are just blown away. They've been given some great news, but we think there was a problem. There was a dilemma, and it's this. Our enemy uses fear in an attempt to derail the joy God brings. Our enemy uses fear in an attempt to derail the joy that God brings. Now, we, we know that they had a just a very fearful experience because what was the very first thing the angel said when he did speak? He said, fear not. So God had a big, huge piece of joy to give to these shepherds. He had some really great news to give them. But at the very beginning, it, it startled them, and, and he knew it was going to when, when he, the whole process started. And so he called out their fear right from the beginning, fear not. I mean, so the angel showed up. They're like, oh, my gosh, their hearts are pounding. He says, don't worry. You know, fear, fear not. It, it's going to be okay. One of the things that I, I see in this story as we read it is that the, you know, our enemy, Satan, he's trying to flood us with fear a lot of times, especially when God has a source of joy around the corner. Uh, when, when God's planning something big or he already planned something big and there's something waiting for you that's, that's coming from him and it's going to be good, well, the, the enemy's like, mm, I'm going to try to stop them from getting there. So let's, let's throw some fear in there. Make them put on the brakes before they even make it around the corner. Uh, joy is the result. Joy is the result of pushing past fear to believe God's message to us. So if you think of it, think of it in those terms, when fear hits us, most likely there's joy coming. We just got to kind of go a little further. Uh, what, what stops you from joy? If God has it there waiting for you, in your life, what stops you from it? Is it, I'll give you a few examples and see where you might find yourself in here. Is, um, does your joy start going away and maybe fear start to grip you when uh, you read some negative comment on social media, Facebook or, or, or Instagram or any of those things? Now, there's an, a side note, there's an easy fix to that. Just don't read it. Okay, but... Still, sometimes, like, oh, my gosh, everybody's going to think this. Or, or you get a horrible picture, and like, oh, they took that? Oh, gosh, now I can't get that job because they're going to see me doing this. Well, you know, how about this? Does fear ever grip you when that unexpected bill shows up in the mailbox? How am I going to pay for that? I didn't know I was going to have to pay for the doctor and the other doctor and the hospital room and the $7 Q-tip and, you know, whatever it is, right? You get those, you get maybe not just a hospital, but, you know, just bills. Your bills show up. You're like, oh, how, how are we going to take care of that? Maybe you get the email and ding, and you just see it right at the top, and it's like, oh, great. How am I going to pay for this? You know, it's not, it's not that the bills are wrong. It's not that the, the, the hospital is wrong. It, it's none of that. It's just, oh, I didn't expect that, and now I don't know what to do. Is, does, does fear grip you and, and maybe startle you when you, or did it maybe when you stepped on the scales this morning and you saw that number? 
And you're like, where did that come from? Well, it came from Thanksgiving. That, that's Too that's close where, to home, brother. You're killing me. That's, <laughs> that's where that came from. But, you know, you step and like, oh, I didn't realize. You know, I didn't step on the scale this morning because I knew I was going to be saying that. So I'm like, no, I don't, I don't even want to go there. Um, how about this, though? This is a little more serious now. Does, does that stuff start to grip you? Maybe is it when you hear a doctor say cancer or you hear a teacher say conference or you hear your boss saying, we need to talk. You, does that, oh, that moment, well, whatever the scene or whatever the scenario you have, whatever it might be, you have a very real enemy who's trying to derail you, trying to stop you. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy you and the joy that God has for your life. Uh, these situations, a lot of times, are real. Uh, there may be bad news on the other side of it, but the better news than, or, or the good news on the other side is God's just one more step past that. The good news of Christmas reminds us that Jesus came to free us from fear and to fill us with joy. This is a big part of this story. Now, remember, uh, just kind of recall, and we'll read it again here, what the angel said. He said, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be, catch this part, for all the people. Maybe you're like that shepherd that thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm not really anybody special. I don't you know, why is he, no, th this news is for everyone. That, that counts me. That counts you. And that counts the person sitting next to you. It might be the person that you sat on the other side of the room from today because you don't like them. Um, it counts for everybody. The phrase for all people means you're included in this opportunity to experience great joy no matter what your situation is. Now, this joy is for you. Say it again. This joy is for you whether you're white collar, blue collar, or you ain't got no collar at all. This joy is for you. So we've talked about fear, and so we're all just recognizing up front, yeah, I, I have startling times in my life and I and I deal with fear and that's pretty pretty straightforward but we want to say today we don't have to live full of fear there are things God can do in our lives so that we don't live there and stay there and that's what we want to look at now here's a few steps about replacing fear with joy replacing fear with joy we're going to use a passage of scripture in the New Testament of the Bible from the book of first John chapter 4 we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So number one, the first step in allowing God to take you from being full of fear to full of joy, number one, to simply believe that God loves me. So I have nothing to fear. I've got to really believe God loves me. He's got my back and he cares and he's involved in my life. The first sentence of these verses said, we know how much God loves us. So we might know it mentally. You know, we might say, yeah, I get it. Jesus died on the cross. God loves me so much. But that's just in the head. The second part of that sentence says we put our trust in his love. That's a decision of the will. That's a heart matter. So we take that knowledge and we make it practical in our life when we just say, God, I know you love me. I'm trusting 
in your love today. Now, you might say, Ed, you, I get it. It all sounds good, but you don't know how I behaved lately. <laughs> you don't know some of the things I've done. I've been a real bum or worse. Well, I, I get it, and, and that, that can be a, you know, a challenge for us. But God's love for you is unconditional. You don't earn it when you're good. You don't lose it when you're bad. As a matter of fact, it's not even about you. God's love is not about you. It's about him. And he has decided to unconditionally love you. So you got to believe that and put your trust, your heart into that. So number two, ask God to expel fear from my life. Ask God to expel this fear from my life. I want to read sentences two and three. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So there's a relationship, a child to a father, a powerful, loving relationship. Now, the next sentence, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. God's perfect love operating in us can drive out fear. Now, it's not saying you'll never have fears, but it's saying those fears can be kicked out of your life by the love of God in your heart. So you're believing in God, and now you're saying, Lord, I know you love me, so Lord, would you help me with this fear? Would you get rid of this fear? Lord, whatever, whatever we need, whatever I need, Lord, would you help me? And, and it's important we understand this. This battle we're describing, it's right here. It's in the mind. It's thoughts. Just like we kind of joked about the shepherds and crazy thoughts they may have had. Oh, my gosh, these angels are going to kill us or whatever. But it's all mental, isn't it? You know, spiritual warfare is a mental thing where the enemy throws fearful thoughts at us, and then we have to say, no, God, I know you love me, and I know your perfect love expels fear. So ask God to do that in your life. And then number three, so you're processing this, you're fighting and asking God to cast it out. Now, here, here's where you end up. Focus on the message God is speaking to me. God is speaking to you in your circumstances. He's speaking to you in that scary text or whatever. He's there with you. Focus on what he is saying. You know, Chad mentioned we have an, in, had an, in, have an enemy, and one of his biggest taxes is, is to distract you, to try to get you focusing on your circumstances or on your emotions of fear or whatever, and your focus is anywhere and everywhere but on God. And so we have this simple command in Scripture here. The Apostle Paul wrote a young uh, preacher named Timothy this letter, and look what Paul said. But you must stay focused. Stay focused. Not just get there, but live there. Stay focused and be alert at all times. So we're letting God work in our life and expelling fear, and we're saying, Lord, I'm going to focus on you, and I'm going to focus on what you're saying, and I'm alert when those fiery darts of doubt and fear and unbelief, whatever come in from the enemy, I'm going to say, Lord, no, expel those thoughts. I'm going to stay alert. So to summarize, I believe God loves me. I ask him to expel fear from my life. And then I ask God to help me stay focused on him and his message to me. So if we'll take the, the lesson from today's uh, Christmas dilemma, we'll we'll begin to believe that God loves us. And, and then we'll begin to ask, God, help, help, help me here. I need some help. And, and then focus on, on the things from God. When we do those things Ed's talking about, then our life will begin to be filled with joy because we'll make it around that corner and past, past the fear. But here, something else happens. When we do that, 
it begins to spill over to our family, our friends. I'm talking about the people we're close to in our house or that we see every day. And they'll be like, hey, I, I know that you're, you know, you, you experienced this. I know you got this bad news or I know that this happened and I, I know it stressed you out, but how are you, how are you still okay with that? How are you still managing? I don't know. Maybe they understand. Maybe they don't. It's, but, but what they're experiencing is God's joy is spilling over from you and hitting them. That's a very good thing. And then if we can take it even further, it goes from that to it actually will begin to brighten the world around you. Uh, not just the close people will see you, but other people. And they may not even know it, but they'll pick up on it. And just everything will seem a little bit brighter because God is touching your life. That's a big deal. Uh, and to me, it's, it's, a, it's a massive deal. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about, of how when you, um, when you get past the fear and you begin to experience the, the good news, the joy, how it, <sighs> yeah, it, how, how it feels that way. So we, um, I'm going to show you the rest of the text from the photo, from the, the photographer. All right, so the beginning was, hey, you know, this is, I sent it to there and this is what happened and all your files are my files. Let's take a look. They've been recovered and been transferred to the new server. I will receive it within 14 days. Once I receive it, I will finish up your photos and message you as soon as I'm done. <sighs> yes. And, you know, some of you might even have had, you had forgotten about it because, you know, that was like five, six minutes ago that we mentioned that. But I only remembered it because it's right here. And so you're like, yeah, did you feel it? Did you feel like, oh, I'm glad they got this photo. Okay, I'm, I'm glad that happened for them. And that's a minor thing. I mean, that's a, a minor issue. But you see how just even that little bitty thing, like, put a little smile on your face or you're like, oh, that's good. That's nice. It affected you. And that's something small. Think about the bigger things that God does and the bigger pieces of joy that he has, how those affect people even more. There's one more Christmas dilemma that we're going to be talking about next week. So please just go ahead and plan that you're going to be here again and catch that one. Uh, it's just come in and expect to uh, enjoy yourself. And then uh, we want you to remember that there's a Christmas Eve service. So that's the following day. Come. It's at 530 on December 24th. Come and just and be a part of that. Have some fun. And, huh? Oh, yes. There's, the, there's going to be a hot chocolate in the cafe for that. So you'll get hot chocolate. And Ed's going to bring whipped cream for everybody. Um, sprinkles. sprinkles. Sprinkles, too. All right. You can have hot chocolate, whipped cream, and sprinkles. Peppermint sticks, marshmallows. What else you got? What um, he's gonna uh, he's gonna cook a turkey and a brisket, and he's gonna have those. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, can I can I spike the chocolate? With? No, 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 I, I can't do that. Search a bit. Wow, we we've just completely veered off course. Um, Let's try to steer us back here. Uh, hey, folks, remember to use your app or go online or stop by the giving box and, and give before you leave today. You guys stand up with us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for each and every person in here this morning. Lord, we pray that this week you, you remind us of how much you love us. And even sometimes we might forget to ask you, like, God, I'm fear. I have some, something's got me gripped. I, I need some help. Lord, show us your love this week, and I pray that you help each and every one of us to turn the corner and find some of your joy. I, I pray that that begins to spill over into our families and that it lights the world up around us and, and we see that connecting with you is
is the best thing we can ever do in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this time of year when we, we celebrate Jesus coming to save us. And we thank you that you are with us all year long, that you're putting joy and love in our, in our lives from January to December every single year. Lord, bring us back next week ready to hear what you have to say to us. And I just pray that this week is blessed for each and every person. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.